Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. <laughs> Happy hump day. Already. Already. Just like that. Gas is going down four cents a liter at midnight. Try to avoid filling up today. Although, fuck, I have to fill up today. Well, you can't avoid it then, I guess. No. You could be that person that like goes today and fills it up for like $10, which I don't get how people just do that. Because to me, it's also time, right? So then you got to go back to the gas station tomorrow to save what? Two, three bucks? Not if that. I don't even think it's worth that much. Maybe three bucks. Let me ask you, are you a fill up on your way to work person or a fill up on your way home from work person? Because me, yesterday, I knew I needed gas and I knew if I don't get gas on the way home from work, I'm going to have to do it tomorrow morning mm-hmm. on my way into work. There's far less gas stations open at 4 o'clock in the morning than you would think, by the way, especially on the route that I drive. Yeah. But I, I did it anyway. I just, I got out of work and I thought, fuck it, I want to get home. I'm not filling up. I'm not stopping on my way. And sure enough, now I got to go and fill up today like an asshole yeah. at these inflated rates. Yeah. Always, I always do it. So that I, I always avoid doing it in the morning because on the way to work, it's A, it's either really cold if, if we're in the cold weather months or B, in the summertime when it's pitch black and you go to those gas stations, it's nothing but bucks. And I can't stand the bucks at those gas stations. You know bugs? when you go in the middle of the night? Yeah, oh, they're yeah. all flying around the lights. It's so because the, of the lights. So in the summertime, I hate it in the morning. Like, and I, when I say morning, I mean like 4 a.m., guys. And then in the winter, why would you do that to yourself? That sounds like you hate yourself if you're willing, if you're willing to take a take a go ahead and hope for the best filling up at 4 a.m. in like January. F that. So yeah, no, I'll take daytime every time. Uh, Before we get to a conversation I want to have about real estate, that's coming up in just a few. Congratulations are in order. In a way, sort of Canadian and Toronto-esque royalty are now engaged. Tessa Virtue, Olympic Mm -hmm. figure skater. We all remember her from Tessa and Scott. Now formally engaged to Morgan Riley, defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, it's weird to me that Morgan Riley, assistant captain for the Maple Leafs, a veteran player, great hockey player, is not even the best skater in his relationship. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) My question is, what's the wedding going to look like? Because when you think about the two of them, obviously they've got two loves now. One of them is on an ice rink, right? Each of them. Uh And one of them is with each other. So... How do you not incorporate your love of either skating or being on the ice into that wedding? Because clearly that there was mutual friends that hooked them up. For those who wonder how they met, uh, mutual friends, that's it. And then they started dating and through the pandemic, they were locked down together in Vancouver. Then they moved to Toronto. They've been together like three years, what, three years? Something like that. Something like that. Who's the mutual friend? I'd kind of like to I know. know. I always want to know that too. Who's the person that knew Tessa Virtue? And Morgan Riley well enough that she could, or they could introduce Uh the two of them. Oh, I think that connection could be easy to make in the Canadian ice world. I'm sure that there's like an ice club where you just like are a part of a club, no matter what kind of skates you put on your feet. See, and I'll bet part of the club. I'll bet you it's somebody that can't even skate. 
Oh, probably. No, it's going to be it's going to be like a, a management of some kind or. Yeah, a Mulrooney. A Mulrooney. It's usually a Mulrooney. <laughs> usually a Mulrooney. Oh yoy. Ah. Anyway, congratulations to Tessa and Morgan. That's exciting. But yeah, no, I really want to know about their wedding. I'm not kidding. Like, I feel like is it cheesy if they incorporate that? Like, do they have an ice <laughs> ice skate like wedding cake or some shit? Like, or do they ignore it completely and be like, no, we are our individual selves, and we are not. It's not just about that for us, just because that's a part of who we are. Because I feel like you could go super cheesy and you could literally get married on an ice rink if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Or, and they've got money so they could do whatever. Or you just avoid that completely and do something different. Like you go like fucking Jamaica or something like complete opposite of an ice skating rink. You know, the wedding is going to be interesting. I'm curious to know how much of a bridezilla she won't or will be. Simply because, I mean, she's got a... Uh, She's known for her elegance and her grace. And I have to think that her wedding would be a big, beautiful, formal thing. Her dress is probably going to be, she'll have designers punching each other out to try and get the the rights to design the dress for Tessa Virtue when she gets married. And it's probably going to be gorgeous and classy. That's her side. Then you've got the guy's side. And Morgan Riley's friends are all hockey players. Most of them are hockey players. And we've seen how hockey players get dressed up these days. It's not like in the old days where they all show up wearing a three-piece suit. Now some of them are wearing fucking runners like their dress shoes and and they're no ties whatsoever. It, it's going to be a strange fashion event. I kind of want to go to I it, think to be perfectly honest. I think honest. it'll be badass. It's or like I said, they're going to go in the opposite direction. They're going to have like nobody there. They're going to end up like doing something... Super low key and not have all those people there. But if they, I don't know, they probably have a lot of mutual friends. So I think that they would do something big. I think they're going to do something big. Like Alicia Fanuff, right? She commented on it. I bet you she's friends with all of them. Oh, Alicia might be a common denominator there. That's an interesting one. But that's what I'm wondering is, do you think that she had something to do with it? Because she's one of the first to comment and she commented a bunch of hearts on her post. I'm pretty sure that if, if memory serves... When she got married to Dion Phaneuf, I think Tessa Virtue was there. So that would actually make sense. I think we just figured it out. Maybe we did. Interesting. I'm going to contact Alicia. I don't know if she'll reply to it, but I will will DM her and I will ask. Yeah. Did you, could you hook these people up? You know what? As the voice of TikTok, I think that you should be the officiant at that wedding. You should be the official. <laughs> I don't know about that. We can get you certified in 48 hours. I don't think anyone wants to hear that. That'd be great. Officiating. Uh, all right, let's shift gears here. I want to talk a little bit about real estate because something happened out on our left coast that I'm a little bit concerned about. And I don't know if this is a reasonable fear or if this is something that everybody should have on their radar in case they try and pull this nonsense in Ontario. British Columbia has become the first province in Canada to require a three-day cooling-off period for a buyer after they've signed an agreement to purchase a home. The new buyer protection period is designed to give purchasers more time to arrange financing or home inspections after a deal has been accepted. The program includes a cancellation fee that amounts to about $250 for every $100,000 of the home's purchase price to convince buyers as well as sellers to take the transaction seriously. So if you're not sure what that meant, here's the scenario. Kat's selling her house. I go and say, I don't want to go through that again. (laughs) (laughs) Me either, to be honest. So Kat's selling her house and I say, you know what? I'm going to put an offer in on that house. We negotiate. 
we have a deal. Nope, it's not a deal. I've still got three days as the buyer that I can basically walk away, no questions asked. Yeah, yeah. And I don't love that. You know, the, the government has done a lot to inject themselves into the real estate market, particularly in the last five years. And they tried to cool the market with the stress test back in like 2018 or whenever that was. And and now the interest rates have gone wild and we all know why that's happening because the Bank of Canada is not very good at managing money. And we all know that uh, uh, we're building all these houses, the Build New Homes Faster Act. The province of Ontario is just going to flood the market with new homes. And it's crazy. We're basically on the verge of a formal recession, although I think we've been in a recession since at least September. And, and you know, houses have come down a lot. One of the things that buyers did not like over the last little while is how much competition there was for homes. But one of the things that benefited sellers greatly was the fact that they could basically call the shots. They could get the price they wanted, hopefully, not in all cases, but in a red hot area, they could get the price they wanted and they could get it with very minimal restrictions. Those, uh, sorry, conditions. I didn't mean restrictions. Conditions. Conditions like, oh, I'll buy your house contingent on me getting approved for financing. Well, if you were going to put in an offer when the market was red hot, that wasn't going to fly. You needed to come with pre-approved financing. Maybe you wanted a home inspection. Well, if I'm selling, I can say, sure, you can have a home inspection. Or I could say, no, you can't have a home inspection. If you want it, we have a firm deal or nothing. You can set those conditions as the owner of the home and as the seller. You can say whatever you want. These are the conditions. Now the government has taken that, in BC anyway, has taken that power away from you, the seller. There's a mandatory three-day cooling off period. And part of the reason that that's frustrating is, number one, if we have a deal, we have a deal. A deal's a deal's a deal. There's no walking away from it after three days, especially no questions asked, and a very minimal penalty, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, what is it, a $500,000 house? It's, uh, well, you pay 250 bucks for every $500,000, right? So we're not talking about a lot of money for someone to just walk away if they went in and put an offer on a house and then found out, oh, Shit, I can't afford it. Or do they use those three days to go and put an offer in on a different house that they like better? So, Because they can shut it down anytime if their offer's approved. Yeah. This you is- shouldn't be allowed to just like willy-nilly do that, though. There's got to be something in place that says that you can't put an offer down on multiple houses at one time. But because you have that three-day walk-away period, now you can. You can do that if you want. I could put an offer in on three different houses, and even if I got all three of them, I could walk away from two of them. And as a buyer, maybe you think, yeah, that oh, shit, that that's doesn't great. seem right, though. You know, that doesn't seem right. This is meant to be because people were complaining, oh, with all the bidding wars, uh, I couldn't put in that I wanted a home inspection. And sure enough, the house needs a new furnace and a new roof. And I didn't know that when I bought the house. I do understand that there are people who didn't get a chance when they tried to get into a red hot real estate market to put in things like, I'd like a home inspection or I need to get approved for financing or I'd like a chance to shop around for a different lender because it's a different price point than I was originally looking at. I understand all of that, but it doesn't change the fact that you had a deal. Mm -hmm. And if I make an offer and you accept the offer, that's a deal. 
There's no three-day cooling off period. I didn't come to you and say, buy my house. You came to me and said, I want to buy your house. Right. There's financing as a as one of those things too, and sometimes that falls through. Sometimes I mean, there's lots it does. of ways that things will fall through. Yeah, absolutely. But I but mean, this is one that could be done that could be taken advantage of, very, and that's what's frustrating, right? Very much so. And right. also, I mean, as a seller, it's stressful to sell your home. I mean, you've gone through all the process to get it ready. Uh, maybe you consolidated, downsized, threw out some of your shit. You've had a ton of strangers coming in and out. You've had to get out at the worst possible times so that people could come in and look around. When you finally get an offer that you're ready to accept, to know that mm, you don't really have a deal, not for three more days. They can still walk away for basically any reason. Yeah. And and what do you get? 250 bucks for every $100,000 that the home is worth. It doesn't seem right to me it doesn't seem right that someone could do that. I mean, at what point do we say a deal is a deal? I thought a deal was a deal. You can't just walk away for no reason. I think that this again. Unless there is a, but what if there is a reason? Like what, what circumstances could you see there being like actual reason for? Well, someone could walk away because, well, they could walk away for any reason. But again, the intent of this is so that people can get a home inspection done. They don't have to feel pressure to put in an unconditional offer and get that offer accepted and then think, oh, shit, this house needs a lot of work that I didn't know about because mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance to get a home inspection done. Well, I mean, there's lots of ways around that. If that's the major hangup is that people are buying homes without a home inspection, just make it required. Before your house can be listed on the market, a home inspection must be done. Simple. Right, right. Have the homeowner yeah. do the home inspection. We know home inspectors are reputable people. They will... Have the home inspection. It's available. Take a look at it before you put in the offer. That, to me, makes perfect sense. This three-day cooling off, walking away period, God, I hope that doesn't come to Ontario because homeowners have already lost a shit ton of value on their homes. It's going to get much worse this year. To make it even harder to sell your home, that's frustrating. Having said that, though, and still on the real estate theme, I had a conversation with a realtor just yesterday, actually, and I asked about the the build more homes faster actor yeah whatever the fuck yes. it is we're doing here in ontario yeah which which is also um it's a that's quite the topic when you when you talk to some people about it they're very heavily against it and there are some people that are all for it and think that it's a positive thing well i was against it too i mean i mm-hmm. thought if the whole point is to build these houses so that more people can come here and, and, and that's fine. I certainly agree with that. I don't understand why they all have to be in the GTA or all here in Southern Ontario. We have a vast province and a massive country, one of the biggest on earth. I don't understand why everybody has to live in the same area. You know, there's yeah. lots of room to build homes. But what the government has decided to do is jam everybody into a very small area or a series of very small areas. And they're going to build a ton of these low-cost rental units and these these uh, condos and things like that that you can buy. And no doubt, when there's a half a million new condos on the market in the next couple of years, number one, it'll bring the price down of existing condos. So if you own one, your investment is about to go down substantially. You can thank both the provincial, municipal, and federal governments for that. But it's going to be cheaper for people getting into the market. The thing is, and this was the realtor's point, with them building all of these houses, all of these condos and things like that, 
Number one, there's not going to be a lot of people building detached homes and townhouses. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more of the con- of the high-rise condos. Is that right? High-rise yeah. and high-density And we're buildings. seeing that a lot, even in the areas like not close to the GTA necessarily, right? Outside of the GTA, we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah, they're building condos in weird places. Yeah, it's, it's all very, over the place. It's very strange. But again, in a very condensed or in a very already densely populated area. So what this realtor told me was, I know interest rates are crazy. If any of your listeners are thinking of selling their house because they can't afford their home, think of it this way. Find a way to hang on. Find a way to hang on for a year to 18 months, maybe two years. It's not exactly clear when we're going to start to see all these new houses that they're building enter the market. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that is going to happen is while condo owners right now are going to lose a ton of value in their condos because there's going to be so much competition for condos, they won't be building nearly as many detached homes, townhouses, and semis. If you happen to own one, there's going to be 10 times more people in condo buildings that will eventually want to move to a single detached home. And whereas your home may have gone down a little bit now, it's in the next few years going to go through the roof in value. Right. Especially if you've got a nice place. So find a way to hang on, borrow what you have to, finish and rent out your basement, put up a tiny home or a bunkie or whatever. Just find a way to stay where Mm -hmm. you are because very soon people who own single detached homes, semis and townhouses are about to get a massive influx in value. And that's only because the government is so hell-bent on building so many units that they're putting up so many condos. Just there won't be enough single detached homes for all the people who want them. And one of the things we learned during the pandemic is People want single detached homes. They want semis. They want a yard. They want to be able to barbecue. They want somewhere to go during the next lockdown. So your detached home is about to become a good asset, even though it's gone down in value greatly right now and become very expensive to deal with. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New BuzzFeed thread. I like this one too. It's people that are listing off uncommon things that we should normalize in 2023. Uncommon things to normalize. Okay. I'm not even going to say I some of these, these are... Un- I, I love when these come out, by the way. First thing in the year, like you know that they, they were considering these like back in the fall. Like, oh, shit, we got to put content out in January. Let's tell people to do this in 2023. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what these bums say. It was actually mainly user comments that this came from. Okay. Uncommon things that people would like to see normalized to create a better 2023. Eating out alone. I mean, that should, that should always be a thing, though. But it's I not. mean, it's not. No, it's not. But it, it should be. Nobody should feel afraid to do it. How about that? 
And also what I will say about this, because having, I remember many years ago, like working in the restaurant business, right? When someone came in by themselves, I think we should make sure to normalize that in those settings and not be like, are you waiting for someone else? That shouldn't be the first question out of your face. But it's always the first question from exactly. the server. It's exactly. Like, you're waiting for someone? Yeah? Like, oh, it's just you. Like, that's one way that we can help to normalize it is, and that's what I always used to do. I remember, again, it was many years ago, but I remember saying, like, just for yourself thing? Like, be, try to find a way to say it so that it doesn't make them seem, like, ashamed in any way, shape, or form. We shouldn't be. Adult slumber parties. Oh, I'm here for that. Staying over at people's houses, renting a place with your friends or family, adult slumber parties should be more normalized as opposed to something you do when you're a kid. Go and have a sleepover with your friends. My girls and I do that every year, twice a year. So we'll do a summer getaway and that's usually at a hotel. And we've done that where we, and we bunk up, right? So we just get three hotel rooms, but there's like six or seven of us and we do that. Uh, or we go to someone's house and we just all sleep in one room like we used to when we were like in elementary school. It's so much fun. Yeah, but it's not normal. Like I agree with people that say this should be normalized. We yeah. should all try to do this a little more often. Affection between men or between different uh, sexes uh. that's purely platonic. If, uh, yeah. if I have a nice long hug with uh, Paul, our mechanic, People walking by might think that's weird. They might think, oh, maybe those two are in a relationship or something like that. Maybe you shouldn't judge. Maybe you should just assume that we're two buddies who just like to hug. Maybe Is that weird between the two of you, though? Like, So let's say you go in for a long, beautiful hug with Paul this weekend, let's say. You see him and you do that. Does he... Is that weird for him? If you don't, do you have to give him a heads up? Like, I'd like to give you a long hug now. Or do you automatically know those people? And you'll know, like, they are those type of people that will give me that long hug and we try to normalize this as being a, you know, I don't know, touchy-feely relationship? I don't have many touchy-feely relationships, but I do have one buddy who it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, will kiss you on both cheeks. Okay. And including that me. Could be a, that could be a, that could be any, for any reason. Sure. But people, if they happen to just be walking by and saw a guy kiss another guy on both cheeks, they might think, Oh, maybe they're in a relationship. Again, mind your own business. This is just two guys that happen to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if I can add to that, the like telling your friends you love them. And I think with men especially, it's, it's so rare. But I mean, there's a couple of people I know that will do that. Man, woman, doesn't matter. He'll tell you, hey, I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and those kinds of things probably don't get normalized as well as they should. I've been doing that more often. Telling your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're good friends. I love Not this strangers one. on the street. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Hey. Do not linger for a hug and tell someone you love them. Happy New Year. I love you. Hey, I love you. Give me a <laughs> big, long hug. This next one I am absolutely here for. I noticed this change several years ago. And it's funny because the person that I ended up discussing this change with was Neo, the singer. I was doing an interview with him. And one of the things that Neo did back in, I'm going to say late 2000s, early 2010s, was he put out an album called The Gentleman. And he would like to see guys be more gentleman-like, not just in, in their chivalry and things like that, but also in how they dress. You should dress to impress. And that's why when he goes out, he looks like a million bucks almost all the time. So this one here is dress to impress. Get dressed up to go out for dinner. Get dressed up for a job interview. 
get dressed up to go on a flight or a trip. And I'm here for it because <laughs> we do the opposite on flights, don't we? Flights have become pajamas. <laughs> but here's the thing: back in the day, it used to be a classy thing. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. you were taking a flight. Get your suit on. Yeah. Ladies, get your best dress. We're going flying in That's the sky. That's right. That's right. Now you go in in fucking slippers, track pants, and a hoodie, and you've bring you brought your baby blanket with you, and it's become the most casual nonchalant Clip your fucking nails <laughs> seriously like gross now when i go out for dinner i still get dressed up yeah yeah i mean uh, same here if i'm going especially like a date night but even with my family if we go for dinner we try to make a point of making it a fun special thing when's the last time you were at the keg uh the oh it's been too long since i've been to the keg it's been too long, like a couple years. Really? Yeah. Okay, so the last time I was at the keg, and the keg is not, uh, it's not high-end sea- or steakhouse, but it's also not low-end either. When I would, if I go to the keg, I'm getting dressed up. And I don't mean suit and tie, but I'm at least going to look business casual at a minimum. Last time I was there, there was somebody there in slippers. Whoa. There was somebody in a hoodie. Yeah. And there's no rule. Oh, you can't come in here wearing a hoodie. Yeah. But come on. Yeah. Have a little. I mean, I grew up, I always grew up that way where, yeah, you should wear, there's certain things you should wear at certain places. That's how we kind of grew up. If we were going to a, if there was a special, and it had to be a special occasion for us to go to like a nice, nice place. But that's, that was absolutely expected of you. You Mm -hmm. wore, you were as best dressed without going over the top, but you were best dressed. You know, wear that nice dress, wear that nice sweater vest or whatever the hell people like to wear. Uh, just just wear something nice and not no ripped jeans. Like I remember that being a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. And depending on like the trends, sometimes ripped jeans are in, sometimes they're out. That was like a definite no-no. Even running shoes. Running shoes was a no-no. Ball caps was a no-no. But now people go just about anywhere with ball caps, running shoes, and things like that. There's just no get dressed up element yeah. to any of it. Um, another example I'll give you just quickly on that is church. How many people went to a service of some sort over the Christmas holidays and noticed people are dressed like bums? When I used to, when I was Mm -hmm. younger, going to mass every Sunday. That's another one. You had to get dressed up. You had to get dressed up to go to church. Now they have somebody at the door telling you, yeah, you can't bring a coffee in here. Because people would try and walk into the church with a fucking Tim Hortons. Get out of here. It's crazy. Can you not do that? How little it's. I don't know church etiquette anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. The last time I was actually in a church like for a service. I was a child. Yeah, they don't have cup holders Maybe for teenager. a reason, so you shouldn't do that. And not that they want you to get dressed up to the nines or anything like that, but, I mean, basics. like That was a common thing, though. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah it was a thing nice, back in You the wore day. a nice outfit. And, and I did when I was there over the holidays, but I was shocked at how many people did not. I yeah. saw one person in an actual hat, like a cap. I was shocked that someone wore a ball cap to church. But I, I think for some people, though, if you can get people to church, depending on the situation, right? Like if you got like a, a teenager who's just like, oh, no, you know what? Wherever, whatever you're wearing is fine. Just get in the car and let's go. I think for a lot of people, it's like waving the, the flag of like, OK, just come. Maybe that's the compromise. You know, it's a compromise. Yeah. And I think w- the fact that you're there matters most for some of those places that we mentioned, including churches. This is a BuzzFeed list that was got some contribution from Ask Women as well. Uh, about uncommon things that should be normalized. Taking your own food to a party or an outing, especially for when you have allergies or food intolerances. Yeah, do some people get like, uh, feel personally attacked if that happens? Yeah, I would. Would you? I've, like I've, to your own house, or are you talking about like for your own house? Yeah, if, if you're I'm, hosting. If I'm having somebody over for dinner, let's say I'm having you over for dinner and you show up with a bunch of Tupperware, I brought my dinner. 
I'm going to feel a little weirded out by that. I would think that would be weird. you could have told me, hey, I have a gluten intolerance. I'll figure it out. Right. But then as host, you should always ask that question. You that's, should. See, that's what I think. Because uh, whenever I'm hosting, it's always, uh, is there anything I need to know? Right? And that's fair to ask. Mm-hmm. Make sure you be, And make sure you're honest about it. Not just, yeah, I, I have some intelligence, but I'll bring my own stuff. No, 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 no. You tell me what you like, and I will adjust the menu for that. Changing careers, midlife. Yeah. Yes. Changing. Absolutely. Well, burnout is real, right? I mean, there's some people who have reached, we'll use, we'll say midlife, just for argument's sake, is say 40 years old. It'd be very, well, it it does seem to carry a stigma. Changing careers now at 40 years old? I thought you'd do this job till you retire. Yeah. And a lot of people do. But we should normalize. Ah, you know what? I'm at my midlife. Fuck it. I've decided I no longer want to work the desk at Service Ontario and get yelled at all day, I'd like to go and be a librarian and go back, get some basic mm-hmm. retraining and become a librarian. That should be normalized. I mean, I, I honestly have so much respect for people and I know it's hard for some people to do that because maybe finances are involved. Maybe that means you got to go get your certificate in something or you got to finish your master's or whatever it is. My mom did that. Um, although a similar, although in a similar field, um, she left one job, went to school and did a, and then became her own boss. And ran her own place for 10 years. And that was in the middle of uh, her life and having three kids at the same time. Like that kind of thing I have so much respect for. You should not, that should absolutely be normalized. There's also people who take jobs, right? Right out of school, for example, and they don't love it, but they, why do they do it? Okay, I need to make money, need to do this for my family, need to support them. That's the reason why they get up every day is just to support their family. And they don't really put themselves first because they're doing what we all assume and and we know it's yeah it's sure it's the right thing you know support your family but there's people who hate their life every single day doing it so if they're able to stop and say okay now I am 40 45 years old I don't want to do this anymore I hope they have the support system in place where those people around them say fucking right go do this instead go start that business go do this there's risks involved that's why people usually don't do it um however I'm all for it absolutely switch it up talking more openly about death and loss This commenter says, since I lost my mom two months ago, I'm realizing how much people gloss over the topic if you mention it because it's an uncomfortable thing to talk to someone about. And that's that's a thing that can get really deep and for some people depressing and sad. Um, But is it healthier to maybe talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. This one I love too. I'm glad we read this list. Respecting introverts. I have several coworkers who will just talk at me all day long. When all I want to do is sit in silence and do my work. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you have to tell people? And if you do tell people, should they just be like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I respect it. Or are they going to think you're an asshole for telling them, you know what? I really don't want to talk to you. I just want to sit and do my work. I don't think you should feel like an asshole. There's ways that you could do it. But there's some people who, and this is where that like open, open office concept comes into play where I think I'd hate it. Like you and I don't have the regular office setting. We have a studio. We could shut the door to the studio, right? And this door right here. So for example, we're doing the podcast. This door shut. People know they're not coming in here and bugging us. However, there's some people in like an open office setting where they have people constantly coming up to them. I think we should all not be afraid to be like, I have stuff to do. But how? But then you're, you do run the risk, I guess, of some people being insulted by it. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad if you don't have a door. But absolutely, it should be normalized to like shut the door and be like, I don't, we all have our days. Like maybe it means you're busy or maybe it means you just don't feel like talking to other people. It should be normalized. Two more. Being able to call in sick, no questions asked because of menstruation or mental health reasons. Okay. Yeah. More and more workplaces I find are giving those days of like 
maybe it's not a sick day or something, but there's flex day. We've talked about flex days before, something of the like. I've heard of that, but it should absolutely be normalized. I think people get weirded out, especially if you're saying, um, especially for women who are saying, I have cramps really bad to the point where I can't stand up. Right. You know, and then oh, it weirds people out or people assume, oh, you're lying. You're making it up. You're using your period. No, there's some people who really can't get out of bed and have a hard time when they're on that, when they're on the cycle. Can I also say, though, that that's not really necessarily a man thing? That's also a woman thing. It's a woman thing in that, yeah, oh, well, sure. I came to work with my period. You can't come to work with yours. That sort of stuff happens. And we have to normalize. Some people just can't. So if it's a menstruation day, you don't know what you have to explain. And, anyway. and migraine, I think for migraine sufferers, Huge. I mean, I've, I have a couple of friends who are migraine sufferers very bad to the point where they're like blackout two days, like in a room. It's not like they're having fun. They're not fucking shopping or doing something fun. They're, they're, they can't even talk on the phone with people because their migraines are so bad. So those are the kind of things that we have to normalize and understand that every body is different. So whether it's cramps or migraines or um, some people have uh, really bad pain, like chronic pain, and the symptoms act up now and again. All those kinds of things we need to be a little more sympathetic toward. To our company's credit, the company that owns the radio stations that we work for, and in, in some way this podcast as well, they put out a memo right before the holidays to make it clear to everyone in 2023 that there is no differentiating between sick days, mental health days, and any of those days like that. You have your allotment. Take your days. Take your days. If Use you need them, them, take them. Yeah. If you're sick, don't come to work. If you have a mental health crisis or just a mental health blip or you just want to reset, that's totally fine to use a sick day. And I'm glad that they clarified that because mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of people who felt that was a little ambiguous or felt that they have to be sniffling and sneezing to use a sick day or or laid right. up on their back to use one. Yeah. No. Sometimes you wake up and you just don't feel right and you can't get your head right. That's a sick day. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and do that. The last one, although I could talk about this for hours, let's normalize working nights and being on a night schedule. I've been a night person for over 10 years and people still don't get it. I'm not being lazy, sleeping all day when I work all night. My version of early is very different than your version of early. It shouldn't be a difficult concept to grasp. What's up to all the shift workers? I like that one. Yeah, Yeah, I like that one. We hear from a lot of shift workers doing what we do. Especially in healthcare recently. Yeah. The last couple of years during COVID, we had so many nurses and doctors that were just spent that would actually reach out to us because we were a live person that was actually up at five o'clock in the morning that they could call at the radio station. And it's called the chat. And it was almost nice to talk to other people who were in the middle of their workday yeah. at five o'clock in the morning, just like we are. However, if you're a nine to fiver, you don't fucking get it. There's a, so many nine to fivers out there that don't understand why some people have to go to bed at seven o'clock at night. They think it's weird. It's mm-hmm. not weird. We all work the same amount. It's just some of us work yeah. on different schedules. I feel bad. I do feel for those people on that shift work because doing what we do, obviously, we're in, like, I wouldn't call it shift work, I guess. We were up earlier than I would say majority of people are for their jobs, um, especially as you mentioned, those nine to fivers, of course. But even if I'm thinking about during the day, you know, when we're doing things around the house, that's when every, that's when the world is making noise. And I think about those people that actually need that time to sleep, mm-hmm. that actually need like, that's their sleep time. And they've got construction happening here or things happening around the, it's not like they can complain or do anything because right. I'm, and understandably it's not, not anyone in construction's fault. Those are the hours that make sense for them to work. But those people have to kind of move around the rest of society. They can't go to the stores at those times because the stores are closed. <laughs> the stores operate under these hours. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. 
So it's almost like they should be given something. There should be a special store and food court in every single area, especially where like shift working is prominent, where we can all go yep. for a pizza at 3 a.m. if we want and sit down for a nice steak dinner at, at whatever time at night. You know what I mean? Not even the steak, just to see another person who's also working at that time. It's a weird time to uh, morning to be up when you're up early in the morning. And that's all I can speak to, of course. I can't really speak to being out at 2 a.m. or anything like that. But at 4 a.m. and it's, it's, it's such a different world. I f- don't you find? Like it's just a different world of people. And it is quiet and stuff like that. But it's kind of nice at the same time. God, there's so many. Okay, I'm just going to do two more, but quick. We okay. don't have to discuss okay, them if you don't want. Asking people if it's okay before you overshare information. Okay, I, I feel like I do that, but do people just say, yeah, go ahead, tell me, just to be polite? I think so, in a lot of ways. But as long as you're saying it, that's what makes it okay? I think so. Listen, people come out with TMI all, all the, the time. time. And, and some people don't even know that that's not okay. Yeah. You need to ask. Set them up a little bit. Like, hey, Kat, you won't believe what happened to me last night. It, it's a little... Uh, it's a little dirty. It's a, it involves me and my partner. Or uh, I was in the shower and you won't believe what I did. Are you comfortable with me telling you this <laughs> yeah, story? Exactly. Before you just blurt out, and I jerked off. You know? <laughs> and be okay with the fact someone's going to say, I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. Because exactly. that might happen too. Exactly. But giving someone a heads up, is an, uh, <laughs> so to speak, is absolutely appropriate. Giving someone a heads up. Last one. Splitting the check. Whether you're on a date or you're out with your boss or you're out with coworkers or you're out with friends, it's okay to split the bill. Two weeks ago, I was out for dinner with some friends mm-hmm. and it was a couple and we had a pretty big bill and I didn't know, are we splitting the bill? Should I pay it this time? Are you going to pay it? And then I pay the next one. How's all this work? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that ambiguous. It should just be assumed that you're splitting the bill. Let's normalize split the check as opposed to, hey, I went out for dinner with a couple of friends and boom, I got stuck with a $500 bill, right. including oh, tip. Nobody should do that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there's this thing where uh, I'll pay it because I don't want somebody else to pay for my meal. No, no, I'll pay it because I don't want somebody to pay for my meal. I had wine, so I'll pay the bill. Stop the shit. Let's just split <laughs> the fucking bill. You know what's always weird is when you're with a group of people. So let's say your family, okay? So someone who you would pay the bill for, but then there's like one or two people tagged onto it and you feel like, okay, well, I'm paying for the majority of people, so should I just pay for their thing too? But you're like, I don't know that I person. Don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I should do that. Uh, yeah, it's always like a weird thing. So splitting bills, yeah. It, and make sure, again, I'm going to go back to the server industry part when it comes to this. Don't make it weird for them either. Right. Give it a splitting the bill. Make I'd rather, I think most people would rather that. Like make it like a conscious, like we're splitting the bill, right? Make them correct you because then the person will stand up and say, no, 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 no. I'm taking it, right? Right. If you say split the bill first, that makes it easier for them to say, yep. And then move along and then nothing's weird. Instead of one bill, because then you go, no, then it makes it weird. You see the difference? Absolutely. You hear that difference? And, and you know what? It's better on the server too. It's better to find out before you write a single thing down. That's true too. Let them know in advance. How it's going to be split up as opposed to at the end when, I don't know, there's four entrees and four apps and some wine and some mixed drinks. But you split this app, but you split that dessert. Who had this? Who had that? No. Just, hey, is this uh, two bills? Four bills? One bill. Oh, just one bill. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. then fine. Make it. You're you're absolutely right. I freaking hated that. I always freaking hated that so much. Like after the meal's done, like, no, we're actually going to split. These two are together, these three, these four, and that two. Oh, for sake. And you're <laughs> sitting on opposite sides. Not easy. 
Guys, we got to go. Have a great hump day. We will see you tomorrow. Good luck to Canada at the World Junior go, Hockey Championships. Canada, go, We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Less than three weeks since its release, Avatar The Way of Water has already topped $1.4 billion at the global box office. $1.4 billion. Meanwhile, the Blue Man Group was like, what are we doing wrong here? What are we doing? New York State's first licensed marijuana store opened last week in Manhattan at 4.20 p.m. And it must be good weed, because it was supposed to open at 10 a.m. <laughs> Southwest left passengers and luggage across the country stranded after they suffered a major meltdown and canceled more than 15,000 flights. Southwest said that they were launching an investigation into the meltdown, but then they immediately canceled it. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.